Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Joe Kelly filling in for Zach Jones one last time. Tonight is my final night. It's been it's been it's been a good couple of weeks, but today it's going to be just kind of general topics, I guess. My like my opinion on the state of the Bills, state of the Sabers after their decent season. But first, I want to kick it off with some chicken wing talk because you know we've been talking a lot about the Stefan Diggs situation. But before before we even get into the chicken wing talk. The U.S. Open's going on right now. It's very interesting. It, it, we're watching primetime golf. It's still happening. So that in itself is something. And then also, I've seen a couple hole-in-ones today on a short little par three. So that's something. Only hole-in-one hole I could ever achieve was on Wii Golf, on Wii Sports, classic game. <laughs> it's the best I got. I think I'm a handicap of 18-plus in, in real life. I, I mean... Nothing spectacular here, but it's just, it, you know, it's been the dig situation all week. So now it's time show up with the Bulldog earlier with Tyler Dunn, as you just heard. They were talking some chicken wings and, you know, when is it okay to get a box when you have, like, like if you have more than three, more than five? Well, it, it Bulldog says if there's, if there's three, you just you go for it. You just bear down and... There's there's no box in your future, which, I mean, honestly, I I'm, I probably would if I was out to eat and whatnot, because bringing three wings home in a box is kind of, uh. But also, and I think of it this way, depends on what kind of wings you have. I always, I, I, I differ. I like a hot barbecue as well, spicy barbecue. That's a personal favorite of mine. I like just plain medium as well. Crispy, saucy, and medium. It's the way to go. Or mild. I mean, it depends on your spice tolerance. I'm, I'm a medium guy. I don't want to test the boundary with hot, but I, I, I like a little spice in my life. So medium for sure. The, I like them cold after I've taken them home, though. Like, that's the X factor in this for me, this conversation. Because we're sitting here, you know, like, when's it okay to bring wings home? Me, personally, if I know I'm going to put them in the fridge for a couple hours, let them get nice and cool, have some fresh blue cheese at the house... That's a done deal for me. I'm getting a box. No question. Cold wings, cold chicken finger subs, not raw, of course, but but 
you're not heating any of that back up, in my opinion. And it, when you have it cold, that's the best way to have it. So that's my little my little spiel on chicken wings. I mean, Buffalo staple, for sure. Everyone here talks about them. There's no question about it. Everyone has a different way, which is the most interesting thing about it. I mean, I tried honey mustard charbecue wings last week, and that was something else. That was very interesting. Very good. Would I get it every time? No. I like the classics, but... It's nice to adventure out there on chicken wings a little bit because, you know, it can get a little boring if you're just getting the same thing over and over again. But, you know, I digress on the ch- on the chicken wings here. We're going to move into just some some general sports talk for the final evening. I'm hosting the nightcap, and we're going to start out with the Bills. And no, I'm not going to talk anymore on Stefan Diggs because for what it is now, I mean, we talked about it all last night. It just seems... It seemed odd the way things were between days on what happened. We don't know what happened. We haven't gotten any more information on what happened. I don't think we're going to get any information on what happened, truthfully. I don't think Diggs is going to sit down with the media and explain anything. So I think this might be a thing of the the past. Just kind of keep it in the rear view. Maybe, maybe remember that it happened, for sure. But it's not something to necessarily dwell on because it... I. Like we were talking about earlier today, there's no way to truly know what what's going to happen in the future, if it's happening again. One of the callers today made a point. We probably won't know anything more until the next time the playoffs roll around. So I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's the interesting thing about it. It's just you're not going to know anything else about what happened until the next time a situation could arise where things get hot, things get interesting. So I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing really more I can say on it because I've said all I need to say. But now let's just look at the team in general. All right. Like going into next season, reflect on last season. We are last season. We were 13 and three. One canceled game, in my opinion, if that game was played the way it was looking right off the bat, we would have been 13 at four. Might be a hot take, might not be. I don't know where everyone's opinions out there stand, but I think we would have been 13 and four. Solid season, fell apart after that second half of the Green Bay game. Fell apart. Fell apart. Unfortunately, I don't know why Josh Allen got injured. Yes, that happened in the Jets game. Lost close games. Our our games we lost were by a margin of eight points total on the season. Like that to me, if we, we could have won those games and gone 16, 15 and one. Easy. 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 I don't know. It was just there was some interesting, interesting plays. But anyway. Season thirteen and three. Okay. Number wise, good season. First game in the playoffs, Skylar Thompson. In the Miami Dolphins, wild card in Buffalo. Didn't get the one seed like everyone wanted. Okay, we moved on. The Dolphins at first were looking tough. Like, it was not tough. The Bills were kind of moving on them. And then Skylar Thompson decides to start rallying and, you know, starts putting a game together. So that was almost close. was not. The Bills won. Then the divisional round again, we got stopped by the Bengals. Okay, so last season... When you look at it, that's all that's being looked at. 
When you remember two seasons ago, what does everyone immediately think of? We mentioned this today. 13 seconds. When the week before that was the most perfect football game ever played by a team in playoff history. But no, that's not what that season's remembered for around here. It's 13 seconds. So you end, and you only remember that last final loss, that last dagger to end the season. So if you ask me personally, yes, that that Cincinnati game in the playoffs could have very well gone a different way, but it didn't. Defense, our O-line could not stop their defense. They were firing on all cylinders. They had a great day. And yes, they lost the next week to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. But, I don't know. Anyway, looking to this season now. We have Dalton Kincaid and the draft picks. Dalton Kincaid is definitely going to be a starter right away, if you ask me. I think that's a given. He's big Cole Beasley. Big Cole Beasley. That's what I would use to describe him. And that's where the Bills struggled a lot last season, in the middle of the field. Whether that's because of Josh's injury, whether that's because, you know, they just didn't have a slot receiver with Crowder getting injured right away in the beginning of the season and not coming back. Shakir not really being utilized. And McKenzie just not being trustworthy, I guess, to catch the ball. There were a lot of drop passes, unfortunately. And while I love Isaiah McKenzie, I really do, it did not surprise me to see him exiting the team in this, you know, beginning of this offseason. That did not really rub me the wrong way. Like, I, I, I could see that coming. There was no question about that. It's just... Now, with Kincaid, that adds a whole other dimension to the offense, which we had with Cole Beasley fully trained in-season, preseason, ready to go two seasons ago. That's why he was such a threat. Granted, not the most yak, yards-after-catch guy, but he caught the ball when he needed him to on third and short and got the first down. He also had a rib issue that year, if I'm recalling correctly, so he didn't you know, want to take too many hits. So, understandable, but... We haven't had that. We didn't have that last season. We tried to get it back with him, but I think, I think truthfully, Allen's injury had something to play with that, where he can't, it bothered him to throw those over-the-middle slot passes to Beasley, quick ones, because, I don't know, something was wrong with the UCL. Not the same as Brock Purdy's injury. Brock Purdy's was a full tear. He tore his UCL. Josh Allen strained it. It was never torn. Luckily, luckily, because that could have been... Extremely bad. But this season can be different with Kincaid in that aspect. Two, Gabe Davis was injured last season, right? That's something that, you know, a lot of people were disappointed in this season was Gabe. This past season was Gabe Davis and his performance. And while I would agree, yes, it was lackluster compared to what was hyped up in that divisional round against the Chiefs, 13 seconds, the four-touchdown performance, yes, it is underwhelming what he did. He did, in fact, have an ankle injury that never really recovered. Yes, he could have. There were some balls he could have caught, absolutely, that you can go back and be like, okay, like that. I can't, I can't really give him that. But you can't sit here and say that he really didn't. Attempt, like, I think I think he went through a little bit of a slump. I think he's going to come back this season. That's our wide receiver, too, okay? There's no question about that. Diggs won. After all this drama, he was practicing. 
no problem. He's out there hamming it up with Josh and Davis. I think it's it's going to be a different season with Kincaid, Davis, and Diggs. And Knox. Please. That's another thing. Let's use a tight end that we pay like a top tight end in the NFL, receiving tight end, as a receiving tight end. Use him to block, too, for sure. Now with Kincaid, you could run a couple two tight end sets out there. Like, that that would be very interesting. And they signed a new tight end today. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how Dorsey really does this. But it might be... It, it's going to be exciting to see Dorsey in a second year what he can do with multiple pass catching tight ends, a couple blocking ones too. Knox is also a good blocker. Let's use Reggie Gilliam, please. Let's use our all talent fullback that is severely underrated. I mean, I was I, I'm sitting at that Titans game week two. I want to say, not exactly positive when that was, but. You know, it, it, they they annihilated him, and Reggie Gilliam gets the first touchdown of the game. How was that left in the past? Like, he's a versatile blocker, versatile receiver, and you could use him to run up the middle as well. He's a big guy. So he should be utilized more. And I think as Dorsey progresses, yes, a lot of people have criticisms. A lot of people do. I think as Dorsey progresses through his tenure as the offensive coordinator, especially after last season, he's got more of an idea in his head of maybe a different style of offense he wants to try and run with all these new pieces we've been adding. Especially with Josh's elbow, UCL healthy, I think it's going to be a whole different ballgame, literally. You know, we have a good running game. We have James Cook, Naheem Hines. Can we use them as the pass-catching running backs we went after them for. James Cook's not a run-it-up-the-middle kind of running back. He was a deep threat in college. Naheem Hines, elusive speed, shifty, not a run-it-up-the-middle kind of running back. That's what you have Damian Harris for now. That has unlocked a whole new thing. So, you know, we're complaining about the slot receivers and having trouble. You have two pass-catching running backs who could really work in that spot. They could really work. And now, yes, you have Kincaid on top of it, so that might leave Hines on the return end of things. But utilize James Cook for more than running. Absolutely. I thought, personally, looking at before Kincaid came along and losing Isaiah McKenzie, you're looking for that gadget type of player. I thought Naheem Hines could fit very well into that. I don't know how you listeners out there feel. But Naheem Hines could honestly be a good replacement for that McKenzie shifty gadget receiver returner. He's got good hands. He's got solid hands. He's fast. He's elusive. So that's something. Maybe even the Bills attempt. I don't know. You never know. Going into the offseason. With training camp coming up, this is where you're going to start to see where these reps are being had. And what's going on? Because you're going to have to see how it's all piecing out. And the Bills, they're not going to be transparent about it by any means. I can tell you that right now. I have a feeling that they're going to be somewhat close to the chest because they don't want other teams figuring this out. They don't want that. So, I mean, I digress. Use your pass-catching running backs, quote-unquote, as pass-catching running backs. That would be interesting. Take some 
and use Damian Harris to shove it up the middle and Reggie Gilliam to shove it up the middle. Use your fullback. Use your fullback. And Damian Harris, he's a great addition to this roster. He's exactly what we needed. So we can stop sending Josh Allen up the middle, bustling through the D-line and the O-line, trying to squeeze into the end zone. He's going to get injured. And that's something, you know, a lot of a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of viewers all see. They understand that that is a possibility. And Josh does too. He likes doing it. He's got that smirk on his face after he absolutely bulldozes a linebacker, stiff arms him, a defensive back. But you got to think deep down. We Josh Allen is in year six, I want to say. Year six, maybe? Let me double check that. Year six. We've had him on the team for six years, which is mind-blowing, mind-boggling to me. I remember sitting at, sitting all together with my buddies when he got drafted, and that was just, you know, oh, Josh Rosen, why didn't we take Josh Rosen? Why Josh Allen? Had a caller call in yesterday and say that. Could 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 not believe that. But anyway, Josh Allen has been the saving grace of this team in making them championship caliber. Right? That we see that on all of the, the windows at Bill's headquarters. You see it on social media. Playoff caliber, you peel that down when you make the playoffs, championship caliber. Josh Allen's a big reason for that. And so is Stefan Diggs. Those two guys are the lifeline for that offense right now. And I'm not saying they're the it, without them we're going to flatline or anything like that. But what I'm saying is you know Diggs is okay for now. He's content. He's doing all right. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is very content. He wants Diggs there. He wants to win. He's he's said it on multiple occasions, multiple different podcasts. He's said he wants to bring a championship to Buffalo. Bring the Lombardi home to Buffalo. We heard that last week when the Madden cover was revealed. He said that on there. And that is something you want. And that's something the Bills have. Especially, with, like I mentioned, the roster going into this next season is built better. The offensive line is 10 times better, if you ask me, with the additions they've made. 10 times better. More protection. More scrambling time for Josh Allen. Less having to pound it up the middle. More time in the pocket. More throws. More throws and less pressure for Josh Allen. That's a winning That's a winning mentality right there. And Yes, okay, the Bills have not. They make, they, the last deep run they made into the playoffs was the AFC Championship against the Chiefs. Depends on what you consider a deep run, though. Do you consider a deep run the divisional round because you're two-thirds of the way there? Technically, they, they weren't, though. They didn't win the two-thirds. They actually uh, fizzled out before that. But they've been there. And like Chopin the Bulldog mentioned earlier today, was the peak that Patriots playoff game where they embarrassed us on Monday Night Football earlier in the season running 45 times with now our running back, Damian Harris, and Mac Jones throwing three times. And then we win in New England. 
Isaiah McKenzie is one of the best games of his career. Cutting up man defense. And then we annihilate them. Annihilate them. A touchdown on every single drive, except for the kneel downs at the end of the game. And then it's all forgotten because of 13 seconds, which was even better game. Even better game. Josh played the best football well, I've ever seen a quarterback play in my entire life in that situation. And also, for a lot of people, I feel like that's the consensus. He showed he was the real deal. He's our quarterback. And he laid it all out in the line in that game. But no, the game's remembered because Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey cooked us up, tied the game, and the Chiefs marched down the field in overtime and won it. So moving on to this coming season is going to be a task. You cannot forget the Bengals game from last season. You need to remember how you felt watching that, playing in that for the players, for the coaches, being involved in that game. But they have a better roster this year. They have a better mentality, minus this drama that's just occurred for no reason. They have a better mentality going into the season. They know they can do it. They beat these teams in the regular season. They just need to... they need to produce in the postseason. That's it. That's all they need to do differently. With that being said, so far, it's time to take a quick timeout. This is the Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, and you're listening to WGR. We're going to talk some, maybe a little more Bills in this upcoming season coming back, and then some savers for sure on the season they've had and how they can improve for next season. So again, you're listening to Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, and this is WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, filling in for Zach Jones one last time here. He's, I think, returned from sunny Florida. He'll be back in tomorrow. We're talking some bills, just general state of the team, you know, and just state of next season. Is it, continuing on that a little bit here, is it do or die for this organization? Is the window closing? A lot of people think so. A lot of people think the window's closed. I don't think the window's closed as long as you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, truthfully. You can inter- you can intertwine whatever from that point forward, but if you have Allen and Diggs, that truthfully, you know, I don't want to say you're set, but like you have a good base to go off of, a good connection. And that's, I think, where a lot of people got scared. If we lose Diggs, like, are we even... Like, what is the long-term effect of that? What are the ramifications of losing Stefan Diggs? I don't think it's anything too insane. It, it, I mean, other than, like, you got to find another wide receiver one, which they haven't been able to do. And, you know, one of the callers today mentioned it's time to get D-Hop in is insurance. I, I don't know. I don't know if you need insurance. I think that's the... The big question here, though, is what would happen if you did bring D-Hop in after all this drama's ensued? Would Diggs take it as, okay, they're they're actually helping the offense now, they're helping the wide receiver room, or would he take it as they're trying to flush me out? That's the real question, and I don't think I even want to try and figure out what, what is happening with that. I, I don't even want to think about what that answer is, but I don't know. It's just... 
it's it's an interesting situation that's happened here in the past three days now, and how it's affecting next season already for a lot of fans. They think it's it's do or die if we lost Diggs. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that to bed now. I I would like to to move in to some Sabers talk, if that's all right, and. Just just recap what a great season. I mean, maybe not to you because they didn't make the playoffs. But as a Sabres fan who, yes, as a kid was introduced to the team, but they were horrible, horrible. I didn't really follow them until I would say senior year like of high school, right around there, right when I got into college a couple of years ago, like three years ago. And they were still really rough when I first started following back into them. And then doing my my own podcast that I created with my my friends from high school, the Buffalonian podcast, doing that, having to talk Sabres every week has actually got me so far back into the the sport and just supporting the team. We're even I, I mean, I didn't even know the first thing about lacrosse, and I would consider myself a Bandits fan. Having gone to games, knowing the culture, knowing how the game operates. It's just, it's been unreal. And the Sabres last season just heightened that. Yes, I was back into the team. Okay. But when they're one point away, and some people look at this as a negative, which I'll get into. When they're one point away from Florida's spot, and Florida would just played in the Stanley Cup final and granted lost, but they still played in it. That's got to feel good to someone else than just me. I, I mean, I look at it as a positive. To me, it's it's not gra- – granted, they have not crossed the finish line by any means. But, you know, Owen Powers' first eight games two seasons ago, promising, very promising for next season. The team was playing well at the end of the season. That's something you hadn't seen before. Then – Throughout this past season, stellar performances and breakout performances from players. Tage Thompson doubles back on what he did the season before. Dylan Cousins shows himself, gets a contract. Rasmus Dahlin is about to get a good contract. I'm telling you right now. Flashes of greatness. The kid line. The young guns showing off. Great. It is a good time. To be a Buffalo Sabres fan. And a lot of people disagree still. A lot of older, not older age-wise, but older-minded Sabres fans from the drought. We still are in a drought. I should say from the bad part of the drought. Are still not sold on Don Granado and Kevin Adams. Some classic thinkers. Alike to some of the callers we've gotten about the Bills in the past week. The Bills are losers. They'll always be losers. But then you're still season ticket holders. It's still mind-boggling. But same with the Sabres. The games are starting to feel alive again in person. You're at KeyBank Center. You feel a presence of the fans. You feel alive. I remember going two seasons ago. You didn't even have to wait for traffic to dissipate. You just got up and left. Drove out home, you were home, say the game ended at 10, you were home by 10, 15, 10, 30, max. No waiting at the stadium, it just depends on how long your commute was. So, I mean, to now, 
where these games are actually bringing in a ton of fans more than more than the standard you could say more than the standard and it's it's really exciting to see i have a lot of friends i have a lot of family who are who longtime fans right like they've watched and actually paid attention a lot more of my friends have A lot more of my friends have watched and paid attention throughout the rough years. The last NHL game I bought before the most recent entries was NHL 12. I mean, that's just how much I fell out of it. But I'm sitting here watching this team progress week by week. Yes, there was an eight-game losing streak in November. And if you think back to that, if they had won one of those games, they would have been in the playoffs this season. So, how, I I get it, like, you're going to be upset about losing those eight games and not making the playoffs, but as a whole, how upset can you truly be about the way the Sabres performed? I can't be. I sure cannot be. I couldn't be happier, truthfully. I can even sit here and say, I'm very confident they can make the playoffs next season. I don't think that's out of the question at all. Far from being out of the question. Especially look at the way the young guys are playing at Rochester. And Kevin Adams has drafted really well. Free agency this season. Tyson Jost. What a pickup by Kevin Adams. Any questions about his GM ability should be answered and done. And Don Granado, yes, he's a great developmental coach. I would understand if in a couple years we're not breaking the boundary, or next year, even after this season, with the way the team is played, if they somehow falter and do not make the playoffs, I'll agree to start asking questions. Is Granado more than just the developmental coach? Is he going to be the coach that takes this team all the way to the buzzer? All the way to that last goal horn, in the Stanley Cup final in game let's let's say let's make it competitive let's say game 7 it's down to the wire and are they going to be the ones to do that is he going to be the coach that does that i think adams will be the general manager that does it granado if this season no playoffs are made that's a valid question i think should be asked but there's no way right now after okay Granado, people say this is his third season. He had he didn't have a full season when he came in as the head coach a couple years ago. So I'd give him probably two and a third. He's, he's had... Yeah, I'll say that. He's not at three seasons yet. Not even close. Or he's not at two seasons yet. Not even close. He's at one and a third seasons. For sure. So I people are like two year cutoff. We haven't we haven't we haven't gone up yet. So we need to start asking questions. No, it's not fully two years yet. I won't give them the two years until it's officially been two years and we make the playoffs. Or not. But this team, you can't sit there and tell me this team doesn't have the the potential. For the first time in a long time, the Sabres are actually building a roster that could in years to come. Be one of the thickest in the NHL. 
because they're so young. They're such a tight-knit group already. Growing as a team with that dynamic already in place is not something this organization has seen in a long time. They're the youngest team in the NHL. And they're playing competitive hockey in March. And I think that in itself is a win for this past season. As Jason Botterill would say, competitive games at the end of the season. We're doing that with Don Granado and Kevin Adams and the squad we have right now. There's no question in my mind that this is the right staff, the right team, and they're only going to make the team better. These young guys, as I mentioned in Rochester, putting on a show. Looking to maybe be called up to the NHL. Our goalie, Devin Levi, comes in, plays eight games, I want to say, or seven games. I'm not going to say he sat there and proved that he could play as the starting goaltender. But he sure proved he deserves a spot on the goaltending staff of this team. Darth Levi in the black and reds. Obi-Wan the goalie in the blue and golds, in the whites. Draws his own Sabres logo on his helmet. Like, that. that is dedication. And then he plays like an animal. I haven't seen anyone come that far out of the net on a breakaway since Ryan Miller on this team. He scares. He scares the competition. When someone is that far out of the net and just teasing you, you know, like, it's it's the most fun I've had watching hockey. I can sit and watch a game. The last time I could sit and watch a game all the way through is when the Sabres went on that 10, I'm trying to remember the exact number, 10 or 11 game win streak in like 2018 or 2017. Whatever year that was, it was the first year we had Jeff Skinner, I believe, with Jack Eichel. That was the last time I could sit down and watch a game of hockey in those 10 games. Once those 10 games ended, that was that. I couldn't watch it anymore. It was just not, not done well at all. Skinner got Krugered. Why he was on the fourth line at any point in time, I don't know. The Sabres, pre-Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, hired a soccer coach to come coach in the NHL. Like AFC Richmond in the show Ted Lasso hired Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis' character, an American football coach to come coach a Premier League soccer team, Premier League football team in London. Like, is there, there, there's a parallel there, except one worked and one didn't. And I can tell you, Ted Lasso definitely worked in the show, and uh, Ralph Kruger did not because he's not coaching here right now. So, questionable organizational decisions, absolutely. Questionable thoughts from fans. Yes, you can still question the team. I'm not saying that. But going forward, and we'll get into this more in the last and final segment coming up in a minute here, after a break. Looking forward, this team could be a dynasty, in my opinion, for the next... I'm not going to sit here and say decade. Maybe the next. I'm going to. Maybe within the next decade, this team could be considered a dynasty because of how young they are, how well they've meshed together as a group, and just how how well overall 
it seems to have been working so far. If it wasn't working, Saberstein's would be up in arms. Okay, we need a change, but it's working. As Sean McDermott says, however you feel about him right now after this drama and whatnot, trust the process. That has never been more true than right now with both the Bills and the Sabres. The Bills were a little further into the process. The Sabres, it's just beginning. We've got a lot more to chat about in the next segment. We are going to take a quick time out right here. This is the Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, and you're listening to WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, filling in for Zach Jones. One last time, this last little segment here. Talked both about the Bills, looking in just a general state of the Bills and a general state of the Sabres. And how, continuing with the Sabres for just a couple more minutes here, there's nothing to be upset about other than not making the playoffs. And I'm sorry, that's just been a normalcy for the past decade. So, I I don't know. That's not something I'm necessarily upset about. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs by any means. That wasn't on my bingo card at all. A, A lot of people, it was after they really started playing the way they did this past season. No question about that. But going into the season, I wanted them to play meaningful games in March. That was what, that's what I've said. That's what I've said. Meaningful games in March. And they did. They played hard all the way through the end of the season. They had a 2% chance. So what? They were there. They were playing games that could have gotten them into the playoffs. There was still a chance all the way until the end of the season. So looking at it from my perspective, at least, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, to be concerned about. Going, Moving forward with the team that we have right now. Because they've shown nothing but promise. Nothing but promise. Kyle Post was coming back. What a leadership role he's taken. Yes, he's not the fastest skater out there. No, he's not the most productive. But he gives it his all every time he's out on the ice. You can't take that away. No one can. Nobody can. It'll be an interesting next season or two, next couple seasons, to see. Yes, I'm I, I'm willing to vouch that they will make the playoffs coming up this season. It's already coming quick. The draft is coming up in two weeks. So that'll be something to watch. See what the Sabres do. See what they're, where their heads are at. But, I mean, it's just, it, it's a good time to be a Bills fan. It's a good time to be a Sabres fan. And a lot of people should be getting back into it like I did. Was I negative? Absolutely. I have nothing to be negative about right now with either professional team. Mind you, the third one, the Bandits, just had their parade, and it's Bandits night at the Bisons game. 
They just had a parade through the city of Buffalo. If that's not starting a winning culture, like I mentioned last week, the domino to fall, I don't know what is. But it's sure a great time to be a Buffalo sports fan. And that is going to do it. I'm Joe Kelly, Been filling in for Zach Jones. He'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, putting up with me for the past couple weeks. It's been a pleasure. This is the Nightcap. I'm Joe Kelly, and you are listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.